1: Got you six. We got your back. Got
0: you six. We got your back. I got you six. Sixers. There's many hats that our guest today wears. And when I was going through and doing my research, I had to pick just one. So I narrowed it down to the father of Echelon, right? The military energy drink, engineered, modified, tested by military uh, personnel. We're here to talk to Eric Bartel. Eric Thank you so much for being on the Got Your Six podcast today, brother.
1: Thank you for having me, Tony.
0: Absolutely. Where to start? We were talking before we got on. The adversity you've overcome throughout your life, being able to leverage, you know, having a, a career-ending injury in the military to then continue to come back to the community and benefit it. Where does that come from? Is it from being raised by your mom in Chicago? Or is there somewhere else where you kind of continue to tap into And use that to propel you forward regardless of
1: what challenges lie in your path? I I mean, to be honest with you, Tony, I've just always been kind of a stubborn bastard. And so uh, I've never really been good at taking no for an answer, being told kind of where my place is. And yeah, I mean, a little bit to the degree of you grow up poor and you kind of don't want to be poor again, Um, or you have kids and you don't want your kids to ever experience that. So everything I do kind of dives into not only the security of growth and being um, irreplaceable almost, depending on whatever room you're in, to developing foundations to not only raise kids and raise good additions to society, but make sure that they have everything that I did not and they also understand why.
0: As you look to continue to refine and grow your legacy, what would be something you would say from your time in the army that you constantly look to
1: or lean on that you learned along the way? For me, the army was all about leadership and really just developing it. And there's, there's different leaders in the army. And if you've been in that world, obviously, which many of your listeners have that you very well understand who's a good leader and who's not. And for me, the differentiator between a good leader and a bad leader was always whether or not they're leading for the people above them or if they're leading for the people below them. And I learned it very early in my career, but I always wanted to lead for for the guys below me. And so that is how I always kind of decided if I was doing a good job. Now, it doesn't mean that sometimes those guys wouldn't hate me, but they'd hate me for the right reasons. It's because we were doing something hard that had to get done. But at the end of the day, they would go to the end of the earth because of it, because they knew it was the right thing to do. And so that was always kind of the fine balance. But for me, the Army was all about leadership management skills and whatnot and everything else technically that that added was just the benefit but I wouldn't be anywhere I am today if I hadn't developed that one skill set. The
0: other crucial thing that you kind of went over is your guys, your team, they knew they could depend on you. The reliability that you bring to the table of constantly showing up when they know that you, if there's a, a sticky situation you're there rolling up your sleeves together. Did you learn that in the military from you know, leaders or was it, was there somewhere else along the
1: way that really is kind of like a light switch that went off? I think he just kind of learned that drudging along the bottom of anything, right? People who don't understand that, I think have never been that PV one who had to do the shit detail. Right. And so while it's easy to be like, "Hey, let those guys do that crap. And it's, you know, there's always the expression of like, don't send your guys to do anything you wouldn't do. But, like realistically, a lot of the times it's just about actually doing it with them. And that's where you earn respect. And so, while you don't have to do it every time, but like weapons cleaning, for example, like I I know plenty of leaders who pass off weapons cleaning to an RTO or something because they don't have the time to do it. And and that's bullshit. Like maybe not every time you don't have the time to do it, but most of the time you should be down there with your guys because that's going to be one of the most opportune moments to really connect with guys is when they're smoking and joking. And also to come down to their level and show them that you care and you're just right there next to them. And, and that goes from the military, but it also goes back to like organized sports. And I think organized sports are one of the biggest things that also helped build me to who I am in life. And I've played sports my whole life. And it was always an escape, which the military is for many people too, but it was an escape from home life. But you learn a lot about structure and about who you are. And you also learn how to be a good leader and a bad leader to a degree in those two. And so If everyone's doing wind sprints and you're hiding in the back, like you're kind of a shithead. But if you're leading from the front and you're just pushing them to get it done, like that's why I look up to and I respect. And so I've always had that kind of mentality.
0: I want to focus on something that you talked about, right? The weapons cleaning and being down there with, with the team after an exercise or after an operation. And you're allowed to just kind of, it's very informal. People can then come to you and bring problems to you. And you can learn a lot more about those that you lead. How do you implement that now in the civilian sector?
1: I mean, it's been scaled a lot more digitally, right? But it's as simple as like, if we have athletes, like one of the biggest things I think people enjoy our brands for, and we're by no means big brands, right? It's the accessibility. But it goes back to what you were talking about initially is like, if someone feels like they need to get a hold of me with something important, they text me or they, they shoot me a DM and nine times out of 10, like I can see that there's importance to this and I can I can catch it before it gets shuffled down to the bottom, and like athletes wise, like people who are within our organization, whether or not they work for the brand or not, if they are if they're out there on the weekly pushing our brand, nine times out of ten, we have a group, and it's a group message, and ideals are sprung back and forth. Everyone feels like they're a stakeholder in the success of this. and that's what I look at like on the brand side, on the on the building side of a business, like if your people don't feel like they're a stakeholder, they just are sort of looking for a paycheck, then you're doing something wrong. And that goes back to what you were talking about initially is people
0: then roll up their sleeves to push and take the, they assume risk along the way, knowing what the overall purpose and end state is and having that accessibility. How do you manage that in a sense of, do you mark off specific time to like go through and kind of cleanse? Or is it just as you're getting them, you're going back and forth or is there something like a hybrid model?
1: To be honest with you, poorly, it's, I do a poor job of it. but. I think that's something I struggle with to be very honest. And it's something I, I'm working towards. But between email, text, DM, like it's all completely saturated. And so it's a I try and keep up with it. But if I'm on six Zoom calls in a row or if I'm doing something like this, it's uh when I get a chance to go back and dive in, or it's really due diligence on the person who's reaching out to me side and it's like, okay, if I've missed it because it got pushed to the bottom and I'm not going back down to find it. They reach out again. And, and that's just like knowing that it's not personal. It's just, I missed it. And I can be very honest with people about that. Like, I'm sorry.
0: The other piece I like about that is where you talked about, you know, everybody having been a stakeholder is it allows for constant refinement. So by the time you get to execution, there's been a lot of thought put into the actual operation or, you know, mission that you guys are on where it's not like assumptions are made along the way. And you're like, all right, we can make this work. And if there had been discussions, which there is, it allows for at least a better plan going forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think business and the military are very similar. Like I think, and I can't verify, but I think a lot of business structures, business plans, they were all based on like military because there's so many parallels, but it's all the same in the fact that a plan is only good until bullets start flying, right? And that's what we say in the military, and that's the same in business. You can plan all you want, and it'll set you up for it'll set you up for better anticipation of what's actually going to happen. But just like in the military and in, in the business world, I've never had a plan. Just be like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. No, we just were able to war game it a little bit and be like, oh, okay, we can anticipate this issue here and this issue here and this issue here. And then the 20 other ones that we didn't anticipate, at least... We cut out some and we were ready for those in, to a degree. Where are you challenging yourself
0: now as you continue to get deeper and deeper into you know, refining brands, writing
1: articles, being part of men's health, muscle and fitness, all these other things that you do? I think the biggest, um, I don't even know if it's planning as much as it's execution side is prioritization, right? At the end of the day, there's the people just learn how to say no mindset. There's the people of whatever other mindsets there are out there. It's more so just like, all of us have the same amount of hours in a day and it's how do I prioritize what I think will have the most return on investment. And from a bar- brand side, that's really important, obviously, because we're building a business, but then I have all the extracurriculars, like you said. And so it's like, okay, well, is me continuing to do men's health a value add for us building this brand? Is me working with this other organization a value add for building this brand? And, and a lot of what we do is is that. And personally, that's kind of a lot of what i take into it. So I turned down a lot of brands that one for me to work with a brand, like on the like influencer creator side, what's utterly important is that I actually care about that brand or use their products. And so like most of the time, if there's a brand just kind of cold reaching out, I'm like, I would never use this product. I'm never going to promote your brand. There's just, there's it's not there. And I don't care about the money to that degree. Um, it's more about the aut- authenticity. And so... People respect that, at least I do. And when I see people out here pimping 20 different products every different week, I'm like, okay, I would never take your word on anything. And so that's part of it too, but it's really just like, okay, only taking on so much, a lot of it is also building teams to help develop stuff. And so like on the fitness side, I have a a team that helps me with the fitness stuff, whether it be programming, whether it be that other, other entities, whether it's this or that on the men's health side, obviously writers that help, muscle and fitness writers that help. And so it's not doing it all. And that's, I mean, that's how anyone is able to wear multiple hats without just either burning out completely or, or just like doing a shit job. But like for me, my primary hats are dad and, and husband. And so then it comes business, then it comes fitness, then it comes anything else that even fits in the mix. And sometimes those, there's just no more room for hats. And sometimes there is, it depends on what the other four hats are are doing as far as bandwidth
0: and that was my next question, you already kind of led into it, is you made sure you were, you're calculated when you align your values, you're intentional about your values and what is the top priority and then how everything else kind of shakes out. And you're not concerned with delegating tasks out to other people as you build your teams, which I think is critical because a, a lot of what people do, especially high performers, they want to put all of this on their shoulders. But what you are doing is you're allowing for systems to continue to endure as you look at other opportunities and grow so that the organization isn't left flat. If you were to like kind of pull out for whatever reason,
1: completely, the idea is and don't tell anyone, but the idea is to make myself almost replaceable at the execution level. And, and that's the goal I think people miss is like people who are perfectionists or whatnot, they, they want to be in everything. And it's like, I don't want to do any of the execution. I only want to build strategy and develop plans and then I want everyone else to execute. I, and if I'm doing that too, then it means I'm not I'm not learning. I'm not building insights. I'm not building new strategies because I'm too far in the weeds executing. And don't get me wrong. I go to pretty much all of our events. I plan a lot of our events and help with the logistics of them. Um, but at the end of the day, that's never the goal. And so it's like, how can I bring someone on and not pad them so that they don't fail? I actually would rather have them fail a ton in the beginning Because then it means they're going to learn faster and then they're going to understand that job hopefully better than I even do in the long run.
0: Do you think as you build teams and you bring people on and you allow for failures to occur and allowing yourself to kind of pull away, is that what has really allowed you to live this this life intentionally? Or is there some other behavior or habit that you've instilled that has really kind of improved
1: your life? I think I've just done a really good job of surrounding myself with right people to be honest i i can't say that a lot of it doesn't have to do with luck to a degree of like being in the right place at the right time and i think that's exactly it it's like if you're constantly trying to show up and be in the right place at the right time then then luck happens um i don't think luck happens to to people who don't put in the work for sure but the it's crazy the more work you put in the luckier you get like that saying And I'm a big proprietor of that. And then the other part of it is just, I really do try and surround my people or myself with people who care as much as I do. It's team oriented people. And I am lucky enough to be on that side of organization where, you know, sales side is dog eat dog, right. But marketing and, and, and community in general, which our organization is unique in that we have a community department completely separate from marketing. Um, that's the last place it should be doggy dog That's where it should really be like, how can we come together, can combine ideas, and just come up with the most crazy plan that we could actually pull off.
0: That takes a lot of psychological trust within the organization. And that it's not just one person that brings that to the team. It's everybody having that shared understanding that you can bring these ideas together. And then what allows us to innovate and test different things and see what works and what doesn't. On the flip side, I kind of want to just go down this one real quick. As you test things out, right, there's failures along the way and you learn lessons. What failure has ultimately led to your greatest success?
1: Oh, that's tough, right? <laughs> I would say, honestly, probably tearing my meniscus. And it's not a, I guess, mental failure as much as a physical failure. But um, that really changed the path I was going. Had I not tore my meniscus right off the bat, I probably would have been just stupid gung-ho army the whole way through and would probably be in like regiment right now or something, just still uh, hanging out in the green suit. But that kind of changed my perspective on things. It it put a chip on my shoulder. It changed kind of even my work ethic because I was up until that point, like just very athletic, for lack of better terms, like just naturally. Um, and I did put in like the weight room work. I did put on the track work. I, I was very dedicated to it, but I relied on that really heavily. And so not having that and really going to 101st and going to the rocket without a ranger tap, and you had to really prove yourself in every other aspect of, of it without being able to just be a PT stud.
0: How did you, cause that, that's like a,
1: a fundamental
0: identity shift. What helped you along the way? Was it mentors and stuff that you sought out? Or was it just knowing, hey, I got to show up a little bit more than everybody else and be a little bit more
1: consistent? I mean, there was definitely mentors along the way. Um, and it, was, it wasn't it was like leadership mentors. It was like almost uh, peer mentors that helped out. Some I got there as obviously a second lieutenant. Some first lieutenants were like, okay, this dude isn't a shit bag. He's just in a shit situation. And took me under their shoulder, like, here, do this, do this. And then Honestly, a lot of times it was some of my NCOs, like when I deployed in, as a PL, and they were brutally just honest most of the time, but they would eat me up because I was the new guy, obviously, and they had to push their boundaries and figure out how far they could push them, but also like make sure that I was doing the right thing by, by the soldiers. And so some of the best lessons I learned, like I didn't learn it from a Tim Ferriss book. I learned it from those guys. I love, and this is something we share,
0: right? You learn by doing. It, it's great to read a lot of books. I know being out there in the trenches really shows your consistency when you show up every day. So with that, I kind of lead to my last question is, Eric, how are you better today than yesterday?
1: Well, I'm still learning, I guess, but I was learning yesterday. What are you learning today? Oh, God, everything business still. Like, I think that's that's the thing that people don't really understand is, the second you think you got it figured out is the second you're done, right? Like I am utterly just dumb in my mind. Like I don't know nearly enough and and I'm trying to absorb from everyone. And so absorbing from you, absorbing from people on the call, absorbing from retailers I talk to, absorbing from people who are working for me, absorbing from people who are working next to me. Like there's always something to learn. There's, And I think it's it comes along with, Kind of a natural curiosity, but also like just a forced curiosity of like, if you don't ask the questions, if you're too afraid to ask questions, if you're too afraid to learn not only about someone else's perspective, but about maybe their knowledge set, like you're just hurting yourself. You're just missing out. And so a lot of the daily is refreshing on that and trying to learn from absolutely everyone, especially people working different skill sets than me, who work in the sales team, who work in the ops team, like figuring out how all that works and ticks because it's only gonna make me better. But then like, also just then applying it, I think that's what people struggle with too, is like, it's great to learn, but like, can you formulate an application for it? And can you make that make what you're creating or what you're building or what you're, you're scaling better Then Cause it's also great to have a lot of knowledge, but if it's useless, you just might do well on Jeopardy.
0: Eric, I absolutely love that. Uh, I speak on behalf of the Sixers, right? Not only are we excited to have learned from you the last, you know, 20 minutes or so, but we're really excited to action what you talked about. Where can people go to connect with you and learn more about, you know, you, see the brands that you're working with?
1: Yeah, so um what you meant was go to gnc.com and type in echelon and uh you can get some echelon delivered to your doorstep or if you got a GNC around you, we're in pretty much all of them. Um, and we're also available on all Army and Air Force bases through AFES. So thank you. Um also you can come find me. I'm on Instagram mainly at real Eric Bartel, E-R-I-K-B-A-R-T-E-L-L. Um, I, I dabble on TikTok, but it's mainly just to post a video here and there. I really don't consume anything having to do with TikTok. I'm trying to make sure they don't learn like the algorithm can't know what I find funny because I don't have time to waste on that app. And I I see people just deep diving in. Um And then I'm on LinkedIn as well, Eric Parton. Awesome. We will make sure we link all of your
0: social media as well as the link to GNC. I'm not going to ask you your favorite flavor
1: uh, on the call because it's like asking your favorite kid. Um, But they're... It really does rotate by week. I think I I drink one flavor like too much for a week and then I switch. And the funny thing is, I'll be very honest, I didn't like our watermelon Thai chili flavor that much um, in the beginning. And as of lately, it's been my favorite flavor. So it, the profiles really kind of switch up on you. So you can't miss with Astralon.
0: Eric, thank you so much for your time, sharing your strategies, your methods. And of course, thanks for having our six.
1: Tony, thank you for having me on here. Sixers, thank
0: you for listening to another episode of the Got your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Godric Six Podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday. I don't know what you've been told, Sixers